0: Welcome
1: to the Breakfast Leadership Show,
0: where we interview
1: global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Joe Armentano on the line. Joe, how are you? Good. Thank you, Michael. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. You've got a book that's doing quite well and it it touches on where a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to this show, you know, will know something about, and they'll probably connect with it. It's talking about family business and, you know, triumphs and challenges and things like that. So why don't you share a little bit about you, uh, the, you know, the business, and then we'll dive in. Oh, thanks, Mike. I appreciate you having me on your
0: podcast and, uh, just a little bit of background, uh, you know, my, the book really delves into my dad. It starts with, uh, you know, his life. And he was, uh, you know, a real entrepreneur born in 1929 and went through the Great Depression and, you know, kind of never graduated college, never even graduated high school, quite frankly. And he's probably one of the smartest guys I ever met. And, um, you know, I was the oldest of four boys in an Italian family business or an Italian family and then became a business. Uh, when he started his business in uh, 1968, I was just a kid about 14 years old and was going to the local um, high school. And then I ended up going locally to Fordham University in in the Bronx. And I actually worked for him during my years at Fordham. And when I graduated, I went right into the business with him uh, in uh, 1976. And uh, I've been really in the business, the family business, ever since. And um, really have enjoyed that. Uh, the ride from a small garage in Mount Vernon, New York, to where today we're the number one uh, independent propane marketer in the Northeast.
1: Well, it's an amazing journey, and I'm not lost on the fact that your dad launched his entrepreneurial career in 1929. You know, the, the Great Depression. Okay, and 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 then after that, you had World War II. So from 1929 till you know, the mid to late 1940s, uh, you know, talk about uh, some uh, bumpy waters to be dealing with. So the fact that you know, he was able to launch you know, what we know as the business today uh, and being able to navigate through all of that, there's a lot of lessons in that because... Everybody that wants to launch a business, they think they're going to launch it in the perfect market, have all the customers that ever want, everything will be nice and smooth and all of that. And what we find, even with the Great Recession that we dealt with back in 2007, 2008, 2009, and even now during this pandemic that we're in, there's been a lot of businesses that have been launching and a lot of people probably initially think, that's the worst time to start a business. But in all honesty, I can't think of a better time to launch one.
0: Yeah, no, my dad was, um, he was a a kind of a born entrepreneur. He, at the age of uh, eight years old, ended up uh, shining shoes in the Bronx. And um, he bought my grandmother a refrigerator, $175 refrigerator, which back then was probably valued at about, you know, in today's money, about $3,000. So I think he could have started his business in any kind of environment, in any kind of weather. Um, He was just so determined. Uh, He was also a born salesman. Uh, He just had that sales gift. He was a sales professional. And, uh, you know, uh, as time went on, he really decided that it was time to go from that entrepreneurship and, you know, that entrepreneurial roots and try to actually build an organization. You know, he really wanted to, Get to a point uh because his, at the beginning of his career he really was a salesperson more than anything else, and he you know and he said, if I didn't sell, I didn't eat and obviously, if he got sick, he was always concerned about you know the fact that he couldn't he couldn't support his family, so he wanted to build something that he thought would not be just dependent on him uh and that was a big part of his uh his vision, so to say
1: well, that's uh a road that so many solopreneurs and a lot of new businesses run the risk of is they are the product or they are the service. And if they don't deliver, then they don't eat. But if they're a provider for their family, it's the same situation. If mom or dad who runs their own business, if they get sick or they're not able to do their job for a couple of weeks, what's that going to do to our bottom line? And it's great that you're... Your father had that insight to go, okay, we need to do something where I'm still a big part of it, but I'm not the sole part of it. it. The business could go on with my absence. And I think every entrepreneur needs to think about that as far as what they offer, whatever product or service they provide. It's like, okay, if you decide to say, you know what, I want to go to Paris or Italy or do world travel for two or three months. What's that going to do to my business? And if it means it shuts completely down, are you prepared for that? If not, then start thinking. Okay, how can I continue operations in case I'm not there for you know either a pleasure situation or for you know something drastic like a health scare or something else? Yeah, and
0: we've you know we've again we've made in our career our success started as I said my dad started out of a garage and. We kind of continued to build up, and we got into the propane business in, in uh, 1979. We bought our, made our first acquisition, and we've done 54 acquisitions in our history. So we've we've acquired a lot of small mom and pop businesses as part of those 54 acquisitions, and we've kind of seen and every one is different. There's no you know one size fits all, but I think the common theme that runs through a lot of these businesses is that you have owners that really uh, have worked their whole lives. They did not have a real good work-life balance. And they got to a point where, you know, they, they just got tired um, and they, had, they didn't have the management to back them up to have that kind of work-life balance so that they could take a break, as you said, and go on vacation and do what they needed to do. So, you know, it, it really is, uh, that's really the transition that we had to make as a company. At one point to really get into professional management, bringing outside people into our organization that were not family members, kind of run it more like, I don't want to use the word public company, but to some degree, really like a very professional company, you know, ended up with a board of directors. So, you know, but but the key was to be able to attract talent within our organization that really could run with the business. And uh, it took a lot less dependency on family members, and and that's what really that was the next phase that I think most small businesses, um, whether family or otherwise, have to to, to think about, uh, and 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 what and how they get to that next level. I would say uh, of uh, of business.
1: Yeah, it's so incredibly important, and it's it's scary for a lot of people that you know start off and launch their own business. Next thing you know, they're looking at boards of directors and outsiders. And sometimes we take our creation, our new company or whatnot, and we treat it as if it is a family member. So we're going to nurture it. And sometimes it's a little scary to kind of let go a little bit. But I think by doing that, it allows for the business to grow and expand and hit markets. And like in the situation you said, you know, acquiring 50-some you know businesses over the years, that obviously creates a, a ton of growth and whatnot. So let's segue over to the book. Uh, you know the book's an amazing you know journey on some things, but one of the things that jumped out of there was crisis. You know, so if you can you know share a little bit you know about the book, and then you know we'll we'll talk about you know the, how to overcome crises and things like that. Because again, I think a lot of business owners run into those challenges, whether it's external. Like a pandemic, for example, or internal—you know, where there's some internal challenges with workforce and retention, or you know, loss of key people, or you know, just all kinds of different things. So, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that.
0: Well, Michael, the book is called "A Hell of a Ride: uh, How a Father-Son Family Business Overcame Crisis to Achieve the American Dream." So, I I'd love the title because it really does. Uh, Symbolized for me the journey that I made with my father, as you know, he had a vision. At one time, um, there were four uh, sons in the business. I'm the older of the four, and he wanted to um, to create this entity that would again uh, continue to to go on. And through that, um, there was there's not uh, probably not one thing that we haven't experienced. We've experienced just about anything that and everything you can think about in a family business, you know, from crisis, you know, whether it be business cycles, whether it be we had a, a, an accident uh, that, that nearly bankrupt our company, uh, you, know, wh- you know, whether it be uh, family um, uh, litigation at particularly one point in time, especially after my dad died. So we've we kind of experienced every crisis imaginable to keep the, the, my father's legacy and business alive. And that's a big part of the business uh, of the book is really how we overcame challenges and how, in some cases, we turned um, you know really challenges into opportunities and how we we made those opportunities you know really um, uh, took advantage of, of situations where. You know, we saw the silver lining. We saw the way to, 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 to monetize uh, things that were really, at one point, you would see as big challenges, and they became opportunities. So it's also a father-son book, which is interesting because, again, the relationship I had with my father uh, was, a, I call it a one-in-a-thousand relationship because he was my dad. Uh, he was my best friend. Uh, he was my mentor. And eventually, we became partners as he developed more trust in me and gave me the responsibility to be the CEO. We, we became partners and, uh, you know, uh, we did just about everything that you can imagine together. And what was unique was we were also very different personalities. He was the hard driving, charismatic, upfront kind of guy. And I was the kind of behind the scenes, a little bit more professional manager, CEO um, but, uh, we gelled together extremely well, uh, got through a lot of conflict. Uh, my father loved conflict. He, uh, you know, he reveled in, in conflict. Um, you know, I think one of my favorite authors, Pat Lezioni, you know, uh, you know, talks about the five dysfunctions of a, of a team. And one of them, he says is conflict. And, uh, that was not lacking in our business, lack of conflict. We had it and, uh, but it was healthy. Because we never took, and this is, I think, in family businesses where, especially family businesses, more than any other type of business, there's so much emotion that's involved in family business that uh, people tend to take actions by other family members personally. And in most cases, they're not personal and they're not meant to be personal. So that's the thing that my father and I really had, I think, more than anything else, an ability to argue, scream, yell. Uh, debate, whatever, however you want to describe it. But the next day, we did what was best for the company. uh, And there was no scars at all as it relates to uh, any of the conflict we had.
1: Well, it's good for growth, Uh, conflict, and change both start with the letter C, and if you don't have conflict, then there's that chance that you're just going to rest on your laurels and say, okay, because if you think about your business, if you didn't go and acquire those 50 some other businesses, your organization would not be where it is right now, it, and I'm sure there was some conflict regarding: is this the right business to acquire? Does it line up with things? Or wow, they're dramatically different. Should we do this? Yeah, I'm you know not you know trying to guess what some of those conflicts were, but you know in normal day to day operations there are things you know obviously there's challenges, vendors. Okay, we why are we giving this vendor you know a much better pricing than the other one? You know they're constantly you know being a jerk to. To all our team and all that, why are you doing that? You know, there's I've seen and heard a lot of different things behind the scenes as far as not only family-ran businesses, but just regular businesses in general. So that conflict gets dialogue, it gets communication going. It it allows you, and especially in an environment such as yours, what it sounded like was the environment allowed for that. And I find that some organizations that really struggle, they go, ooh, and you know, I love Patrick's work too, is okay, if, if we don't allow for conflict and we just say, no, 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 we can't, we can't have that. No, you know, arguments, we got to keep it civil. Well, you can keep it civil and still have conflict. But if you suppress that, then what happens is that it doesn't allow the organization to expand or grow and your people don't feel Comfortable sharing what they think, it's like oh they're just going to get mad, so we're not going to bring it up. Well, guess what? That limits the growth of your organization, limits you know what you offer. It just has a huge negative ripple effect if you don't allow for conflict to to resonate within your organization. And again, healthy conflict is is something that makes things grow and, and improves both from a professional level, but also a personal level as well.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, again, I've come to the conclusion in my life that sometimes the things you don't say are worse than the things you do say. So that's where you need to have a culture within your organization where whether it's family members or non-family members that there's full transparency and people are not afraid to to criticize or talk about how we can improve the business or where we're falling down. And, I, you know, again, if somebody says anything about things that are wrong or need to be improved, you're not going to make any improvements. So, and and I think you know what's interesting. Also, I think about you know family business in particular when you have an entrepreneur that you know has to now start turning authority over to the next generation. And I'm in the process of doing the same thing. I, my daughter is now in her uh, is the COO of our company. Just promoted her to that position. She's been with us for eight years and. Now we're making that transition where I am sending that, giving that authority over. And I'm trying to learn and take the lessons that I learned from my father when we went through that, that period of time where it was very difficult for him to be able to trust me. So I had to, and that was where some of that conflict came as well. And, uh, you know, you're just saying, listen, can't be a Monday morning quarterback. You just need to trust me. I'm going to make some good and I'm going to make some bad decisions. But overall, um, I think uh, I'm the right person for this particular job. I've always separated my CEO role from my family role. Another thing that I think is very important in a family business. And and I've also been, and I guess uh, maybe I've always been a very good delegator. It's one of the things that I I tend to do extremely well. Um, And it's not easy for uh, entrepreneurs and business owners to delegate. Uh, because sometimes you lose some something in that transition process, but over time it really does help build your organization.
1: Delegation is something that I was lousy at earlier in my career, and then the pendulum swung, and it got to the point where okay, who besides me could work on this? And. It's it's a harmony. You have to kind of harmonize that a little bit because there are certain things that you should work on as a C-suite executive or the owner of a business. But there are some things that, you know what? Let them learn how to do this. Let them do it. Yeah, they might do it differently than you might like, but if the outcome... Ends up being the same, that frees up your time to be able to do the business growth, to have those conversations, and talking with other businesses that you want to acquire or potentially partner with. If you're doing all the other things that you could have delegated, well, then that robs you from that, those opportunities because you're too busy working in the business instead of on it.
0: Yep, uh, agree a hundred percent. So it's uh, you know building a business and and. Building an organization is not easy, uh, but it really is, uh, to me, a lot of it has to do with attracting the right talent, having the right culture within your organization, and, and trusting people to basically uh, and
1: empower them to make decisions. So, as we get closer to wrapping up a follow-up question, and this is you know the work that you're doing with your daughter, who's the CEO and you know the likely successor to you know when you decide to step down or step away a bit and all of that. you know obviously you have those memories of when you were working with your father going through that exercise. Uh, do you notice things different this time? Are there some similarities? or I'm, I'm guessing your approach might be a bit different because you were different than your dad. But I'm curious, you know, in, in her situation and working with you, you know, how that is going, you know, as far as, you know, are you learning some things from her? Um, is that something that I always tell people? It's like, always learn from people. It doesn't matter if they're older than you or younger. We can all learn from experiences and whatnot. So I'm just curious to, you know, see without, you know, obviously you don't have to reveal trade secrets or anything like that. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm curious as to how that process is going so far.
0: Yeah, the thanks. No no trade secrets here. But interesting, um, my father and I had different skills. Uh, and we tried to maximize my skills in business situations. And at and, and certain situations, his skills were stronger. Same thing with my daughter and myself. Uh, she's got skills that I don't have. Uh, I may have some skills right now that she doesn't have. So we try to complement each other in the same way. Um, I I really do reflect back as I'm transitioning my daughter on the conversations and times I had with my dad. Even though I am different from my dad, um, I'm not so much different in the fact that I want to make sure that the business is successful. So I find myself having to sometimes make sure I don't, you know, I talk to my daughter every day, at least a few times a day. And sometimes I have to say, I don't want to talk to her anymore. I need to let her be, you know, he said, she likes to call me and get feedback. But it's going extremely well. Um, and, um, you know, maybe there'll be another book in my future as it relates to what that end game is, because in, in my book, at the end, it really does talk about uh, what the future is going to look like, you know, and, uh, you know, what what are the possibilities? So, you know, I still love business. I'm very passionate about it. I'm very fortunate that my daughter has that same passion. So we now have three generations of, of passionate business leaders. And I think, again, if I'm going to say anything about uh, uh, business, whether they're in their own family business or they're owners themselves and they've been in the business for a period of time, if you're not still passionate about your business and if you're a family member that's in the family business and it's really, you know, you're not passionate about it, it's probably not the right place to be. I've experienced that with three younger brothers, some of them. More passionate than others that were in our family business at one particular point in time, but it, the passion I think will carry over to uh, help. Uh, it's really the it, it's the beginning of the su- a success. You really have to have that passion because without it, you're just not going to get involved in self development. You're not going to get involved in learning. You're not going to get involved in in really uh, growing both the business and yourself uh, to make to make you to make it successful.
1: Well, I think the secret sauce is passion for sure, because you see it in every successful business. Their passion was an element to it that helped them get through the challenging times to take the risks to grow, to think beyond their four walls in their office building and and really take their organizations to the next level and and make an impact. And three generations into a business says a lot. Um, and I, I commend you and your entire family for the success that you've had and, and the success in the future. So Joe, I've loved this conversation. Where can people find out more about you, the book and all this awesome work you're doing?
0: Well, the book is available on Joe Armentano. That's A-R-M-E-N-T-A-N-O um, And um, it's also obviously available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. But if you buy it from my website at JoeArmentano.com, I personalize it. I send it out. And uh, it's, it's, it's been great. Book sales have been very strong, surprisingly. And I, as, and what as I really believe, what's really made me feel good about the book is I've really gotten um, a lot of response from people that have either know, knew my dad in the past, or were in similar situations, family businesses that know nothing about our business, that had that emotional connection to uh, the story uh, and some of the and, 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 and that's what I believe, I think that that's what the book's all about. It's about stories. And it's really about how we emotionally, I think we learn best through stories and how we emotionally connect with those, those stories. So I'm very proud of, of the book. It took me only 13 years to complete, um, but I finally got it done. Um, and uh, I'm, really, I'm really happy with the product and, and really appreciate, uh, I really uh, just appreciate being on your uh, podcast today. And, and I, I really thank you very much.
1: I appreciate it, Joe. And I'll definitely have that information in the show notes. So again, thank you so much for your time today, Joe. I really appreciate you. And uh, congratulations get on the book and continued success in the business. Thank you. Keep smiling and talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to The Breakfast Leadership Show, part of The Breakfast Leadership Network.
0: Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.